one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Today we've got a great malicious compliance story about a workplace with a mandatory smiling policy. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, restaurant only gives discount on phone orders? Okay then. My local pizza restaurant was doing a special offer, 10% discount if you mentioned their promotion over the phone, and then went in to collect takeaway. I only live 5 minutes walk away, so I went in and ordered direct to takeaway. I didn't call ahead as I didn't see much point. I said, I know I haven't called in first, but I know you do a discount if you do. But to save us both the hassle of it and for the fact that I know the promotion exists, can I still get the 10% off anyway? They say no, it's for telephone orders only. I say sure, I get that, but I could literally just call you right now for my mobile and you would give me the discount, but that would be a bit weird to make me do that, so can I just get it anyway? They say no, it's for telephone orders only. This jobs worth attitude pissed me off so I was literally about to just forget about buying anything from there and go somewhere else. But as I got outside, I figured that, no, I'd just stand outside and call the number on their door and order a pizza, that way to get my discount. The phone rang and the same guy picked it up. Can I order a pizza to collect with a 10% discount, please? He recognizes my voice, obviously, as it's just been 15 seconds since we were speaking inside. He looks outside at me. I smile and wave. He looks pissed off that he has to give me my discount now. He takes my order and says it'll be 10 minutes. During the next 10 minutes while waiting for my discounted pizza, someone else is about to come into the restaurant to order a takeout. I ask them if they've phoned ahead for the discount or not. They didn't realize that was a thing. No problem buddy, I'll do it for you. What do you want? I call the same number again. Same guy answers and hears my voice again and looks straight at me again. I smile and wave again and proceed to order this random stranger's pizza order for them whilst maintaining eye contact with him. I said my friend would also like the 10% telephone discount. He looks like he's going to pop a blood vessel but has no choice but to accept it. After all, I didn't enforce the rules. He did. A week later, the telephone order discount is cancelled completely and it's simply given if you have a menu. And there are menus in the entrance anyway so you'd be crazy not to see it and use it. There's really no hospitality to be had in places like these. I think the unfortunate thing is a lot of people who work in, I assume, this fast food chain, they're probably reamed if they go off script like that at all. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, break it so we can fix it. Many years ago, I was an electrician building and commissioning traffic light intersections. These were government contracts that were done by subcontractors, us. Before final switch on, we would have a final audit, usually by the government department that we were doing the work for. These guys were also electricians and were pretty chill. There would be a few snag list items that were always pretty minor. Tighten this, adjust that, no biggie. In another region, a different government department subbed out to the audit to one of our competitors. And to put it bluntly, they were absolute runts. They would snag list things that seemed minor but took days to fix. 
It got to the point where other teams would come in to go over our work and pre-snag. We would spend days prepping. We would have spare cable and parts on site just in case there was an issue and we could hopefully fix it right there and then and get the okay. There was always freaking something. The bosses were blaming us for being crap, but the reality was that you could do anything and it wouldn't be perfect. And perfect was what the auditor needed. Or was it? What me and my colleague concluded was that they needed to find something to justify their existence. So the next job is finished and big boss man tells me and colleague, spend a few days going over the job top to tail and get it ready. It already was. So me and colleague chill for a few days. In the morning of the audit, we go around creating issues. These issues appear big, but are easy to fix. Clip some ties here, misalign that light here, unseal some pipes. Surprisingly, big boss man comes for the inspection and is losing his crap. I tell them the plan, and say if it goes south, we'll fix it in our own time. The audit freaker turns up, tisk tisk this, tisk tisk that. We put on a good show of fixing everything while he's there. He gets to record snags and tick off the fixes. We get to go home on time. It's weird that you've almost got to like bribe them in easy to fix errors just so they won't scour and search and find one thing that's going to take forever to redo. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, they're going to find something wrong. So technically you can't say they're not doing their job or doing it inappropriately. Guess you just got to make it easier for both sides. Our next story is, you want a smile policy? Let's make sure we're in compliance. I worked at a casino years back as a slot host. We held people with their machines, answered questions, paid jackpots, and were a huge customer impact point. It was a really fun job, despite the awful customers, and many years later I'm still friends with my old co-workers. One day, management had the bright idea to mandate smiling, even if we weren't physically interacting with customers. Surveillance had been engaged to photograph and report incidences of employees not smiling. We could be written up or even terminated if we had sufficient repeat offenses of failing to smile. During normal business, we would radio surveillance to report tips or found money, any cash that wasn't staying with the casino, or when we accessed the secure machine base for coins, pre-automated tickets, or a select few other reasons. We started calling them on the radio to verify a smile or report a potential violation of the new smiling policy. We would warn the coworker first, that way they could have a huge fake smile ready for the camera. Uh, slots to the eagle, can you verify a potential violation of the smile policy? There's a group of three standing near slot bank location. I can't see smiles from my location. The potential violation had to be recorded, the picture printed, and signed by managers. The policy ended after a few weeks. Surveillance complained to the gaming board that they couldn't enforce the new policy and protect the casino's asserts. An eye in the sky, buddy said, off the record, they had been buried in dozens of smile violations each shift, and it actually affected the property's security. Managers couldn't do anything to us either to stop us from reporting it. It was specifically written it was an expectation of our job to report suspected department and property policy violations for documentation and investigation. Because they had made it a written policy, if they told us to stop calling surveillance. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. They would be asking us to violate policy, which would then warrant an investigation. Now, I completely understand telling all of your employees, try to smile as much as you can for customers, always look like you're having a great time. But to create an actual policy that says you must be smiling whenever you're interacting or looking at anybody... That's kind of insane, isn't it? Sounds like some weird 1984 control policy. Not only do you gotta pretend you love this job, you gotta put it on your face too. Or else you'll get in trouble. There's nothing that makes me smile quite like being told I'll get in trouble if I don't. Our next story is unsuitable. Some background, I'm in Australia, I'm currently a 32-year-old male, and this occurred this year. I used to do admin work in defense and during that time I got rather qualified and experienced, specifically in people management and training people. I then left the uniform for various reasons, including depression caused by my time there. I got a new job and intentionally got a position way below my capabilities, so I could focus on my mental health while still working. It was a hotline for a government assistance program. This position was good for about four years, Over that time, I started using some of my skills more and built up my confidence again. I was also acting in higher positions almost the entire time. Initiating incident, so after all the COVID lockdowns finally finished, there was a permanent spot in a higher position available. By this time, I was the longest serving person remaining on the team and I was the most qualified. I knew that they had planned on getting the incumbent to do two roles, both of which I knew thoroughly. I went through the interview process answered all the questions, explained how I could do the role immediately without training, etc. I had to wait a few weeks to find out the results since it's still government and they don't do these things super fast. Then I got told I was found not suitable. 
I was floored. I asked for an explanation and all I was told was, it was a very competitive round. When I asked what I could have done to have been more competitive, I got the same answer. To make things worse, they asked me to train the guy who got the role. Immediately I brought up the duty statement which had the list of tasks for my role. Remember, it's super easy. Basically just answer the phone and reply to emails. I also got out of the public service level expectations and highlighted the appropriate bits for my level. Cue malicious compliance. Since I wasn't suitable to work at higher levels, I immediately stopped all work that wasn't at my level or in my job description. To say this put a dent into the extra work I was doing would be an understatement. I used to help out in management with sorting out interpersonal disputes. I used to run a bunch of reports to find and sort out work that was missed. And I used to help the other teams do their work. So at this point, my days became super easy. I would do about 10% of what I used to, as that 10% was my actual job. The training I was doing was directing the guy to the procedures, and if he had questions, directing him to ask a supervisor. It was about a week of this before management noticed the training wasn't very in-depth. One by one, they asked me what was going on. Our structure had six supervisors at the time. Each and every time I said the same thing. Unfortunately, I was found unsuitable for the role, so I can't teach someone how to do it. To say they were pissed would also be an understatement, but they tried to stay professional. They then started questioning why I stopped doing all the extra work that I had been doing for years. I directed their attention to my duty statement and asked where it lists that work. They said the extra duties as directed. I then asked how that aligns with the level expectations, which are surprisingly clear and helpful. At this point, most stopped trying. During all of this sudden free time I had, I started to search for a new job. It only took two weeks to go for interviews, be found suitable, and get a new job. Apparently I'm incredibly competitive at this level, who knew? The fallout, the new job is significantly easier, at the level I was unsuitable for, and gives me much more money than they were offering. Additionally, I've kept in touch with some people there. The management are floundering as interpersonal problems are cropping up. The team can't keep up with the workload, and at least three more people have gotten new jobs with at least two looking for other employment, leaving one person left in the hotline team that will know what they're doing. It's a shame, really, because I'd like that program and probably would have stayed for a long time. This is an open and shut case of you don't quit bad jobs, you quit bad managers. They had more than an ample chance to do right by OP, who very clearly seemed like a superstar in their work, and they flat out disrespected them. Well, OP's not going to keep fighting for somebody like that. That said, our final story of the day is, this should take about two years. I work as a compliance officer at a company that needs to prove compliance to a government body and a certifying body. Our processes are designed in order to create that evidence. When I joined the company, I quickly noticed that the product development teams were not going by the process and were not documenting and generating the required evidence. I went to talk to their manager about it and he told me we're very busy and we'll get to it when we can. I explained to him that this project has been going on for two years already and will be done in 14 months. You can't retroactively go back in time and try to create two years worth of evidence. He replied, your stuff is not a real issue, and I'm only concerned if there's a problem with the product. I explained to him that without this evidence, we can't certify the product and put it on the market. He smirked and said, that's your problem now, isn't it? Do your worst. 
I admit, a part of me wanted to resign after that conversation to avoid being associated with a potentially bad product or a failure to launch. Then it hit me. As part of the process, we should raise non-compliances as issues in the system. So I went to work. I reviewed all their work and evidence and anything that was wrong or missing, I logged an issue against. I raised nearly 2,000 issues and have been reporting them to the VP and president of the company. He came screaming to me and threatened if I don't stop and put them as tasks for me to complete instead of issues, he'll have me fired. I refused. A week later we were having a meeting with my boss, his boss, the VP, and the president. He and his boss went on a rant about how I was trying to destroy the project and make us miss our timelines and how I should take ownership of making us compliant. I replied that I'm just following the processes and regulations, but if you really want me to change these issues to tasks, I don't mind, but we need to do it the right way. I went on to explain that they need to submit the change request which will need to be reviewed and approved by a panel. Of course, the request will drive changes to our processes, so it'll need to go to the governance board. These changes will go against regulations, so we'll need to file for an exemptions before we implement them. Assuming we receive it, we'll have to update and release all our processes again, which we do only in July. This meeting happened in August. After that, I can go change all of the issues to tasks. Since I'm not working on the product, I'll need members on their teams to be freed up over two years so I can document the work they failed to document. This whole thing should take about two years. Until then, I would have to hold them to the current process, assuming, of course, we receive the exemption. My boss, the VP, and president were all chuckling as the other guy's faces turned red in anger. They started to scream at me, but the president stopped them and ordered them to comply, and he personally will check it happen. Since they were riding their teams hard and committed to aggressive timelines, the team ignored the documentation still. They both got fired and replaced, and the president negotiated different timelines with the customer and paid the late fees. I literally don't understand what OP's boss and their boss was expecting here. They're literally dying on the hill of ignore policy, ignore due process here, just go rogue and make sure it gets done. I mean, that's not how any of this should fly, right? I mean, the fact alone that they can't provide years worth of documentation should be a fireable enough offense for those bosses. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely awesome story of malicious compliance, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.